0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and some guests. Let's get it started. That certainly helps a you know what? Hey, it is what it is. Uh, we'll get them on in a couple of weeks, but as of right now, I think, we, I think we're probably in the show right now. Probably have been for a little while. Are we in it? Probably have been for a little while. I'm guessing. What? So, uh, okay. Episode 21, bud. Episode 21 yo! this week. Yo! yo! Bring it out. <laughs> brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and our sp- sponsors, oh, no DraftKings. Dude, what a way to start the program this week. Around the boards coming out. you Check my fanny. We got Beauties and the Beast to end things off. So you know what? Let's jump right into it, Marty. Uh, around the boards this week. Um, we'll hold off on the second team. We like to kind of keep that nice and tidy for you we'll get to that in a second but the first team that we're going to get to is the Arizona Coyotes um haven't spoken yeah. about them much lately um you know, may- they came out good yeah. they started out good maybe when I go through the numbers maybe you'll understand why we don't really talk about them an overabundance <laughs> but I mean listen yeah. let let I've got as usual I've got the numbers here for you uh, Marty will get into his part here in a second so let's get to it Uh, Record of 53 games played, 23 wins, 26 losses. Four in overtime, that gives them 50 points on the year. That's a .472 points percentage. They've got 154 goals for and 169 against. That's a minus 15 goal differential. Uh, That places them 7th in the central, 27th overall. Uh, Ranked 26th offensively at 2.87 goals for per games played. They're ranked 19th defensively at 3.17 goals against per games played the power play ranked 15th so middle of the pack at 21.3 uh penalty kills ranked 20th at 79.1 um so the numbers don't jump out at you uh not like we expected them to when you're talking about the Arizona Coyotes there's kind of a I don't want to say culture but just kind of you know there's a wheelhouse that you kind of think about when you think about the Arizona Coyotes and listen for for me personally Marty quite frankly, the circus has got to end in Arizona. Um, At some point. I mean, the organization is spinning its wheels in mediocrity. Uh, They play out in an arena that has a capacity of 5,500 spectators. They cannot seem to secure land or an arena deal to save its life here over the past few years. I mean, uh, in my personal opinion, it's time to do what is ultimately best for the league. But more importantly, for the players that have had to deal with this for far too long, um, Look, I mean, when you're looking at the, the um, talent on this roster myself personally, aside from a Clayton Keller and perhaps a Dylan Gunther, Keller's sitting with 21 goals, 28 assists for 49 points uh, Gunther has got uh, five and five for 10 in only 16 games. So a pretty decent Very showing nice. for, the, uh, for the young kid there. In my eyes, there's not much to get excited about. Are there some other names? Yes. I think, Marty, you're going to get to those uh, in a little bit here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can throw Connor Ingram in there to a certain extent. He had a really decent showing here, you know, halfway through the year. Um, But he's basically started to falter as of late. He's gone 1-4 and in his last uh, six games. One of them he was pulled. Uh, He's got a 4.29 GAA and an 881 save percentage in those six games. Um, Listen, Mm, I mean, Marty, we've had this discussion before, and I'm certainly not going to hide it again. Um, I still, to this day, I will never understand how this team still finds itself in Arizona when you have an arena sitting in Quebec City with a capacity of 18,259 waiting to house an NHL franchise. And you know what? Yes, I am Canadian. And yes, I am biased to another team coming to Canada. So sue me. But but just for me, it's the profitability of it, Marty. 5500 right. compared to almost like thir- almost 13,000 more asses that you can get in those seats. Like listen, we've talked about it before Marty, in in, in particular with the team moving going to Quebec, there's a built-in rivalry with the Montreal Canadiens. Do you mean to tell me that those that fan base in Quebec would not jam hack that barn? Go and look at what the Quebec Ramparts have been doing for a number of years here. I understand that Patty Roy is not behind the bench anymore. I don't I'm right. not I'm not sure what the deal is in regards to him owning the team now that he's back in the NHL. I'm not sure if he had to sell it or whatever the case may be. Suffice it to say though, he's still got his fingerprints on that. I, I mean, they, they've been packing that building forever. So I, I again I won't go over it at length here because we've we have talked about this before. But for me, I just plain as day, plain as day, just will never, ever understand why Batman will continue to want to die on the Arizona Hill. When again, just profitability for me, like just the amount of people that you can get into those seats, Marty, almost 13,000 more. Like, I don't know. It, It just the dollars and cents seem to make so much sense for me. That I, I I still don't quite understand why we're putting ourselves through this, both the league, the players, and all fan bases. I mean, I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan, and this thing has been sticking in my craw for a number of years here. <laughs> I still I it, I just don't get it. So, you know what, Marty? Well,
1: honestly, the the thing that pisses me off the most about the situation, uh, the you know the fact that they seem to be getting a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, endless. Yep. Chances for it to succeed. Why did the Quebec Nordiques leave Quebec? Financial issues. Struggling to get a new arena. Sound familiar? You know how quickly they left Quebec as soon as those two things started happening? Pretty much within about, I think, a two or three year span, they were gone from Quebec and they were relocated. Meanwhile, here we are with Arizona, who's been struggling with, for those exact same reasons. And we're talking decades post, here, man. The better part of a decade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: I think the last time they were in the playoffs, Marty, was 2012-2013. And the only reason I remember that is I think Mike Smith was the guy that was carrying them there. So it's been, it, it's been a long while since it's these guys while. have even sniffed the playoffs here. So to me,
1: this screams Bettman's ego that's what this is about. It's not about anything else. It's like, it's just him. It's point. like, well, no, I want this to succeed. This is mine. So I, I need this to be my baby and I'm going to see it through. And yeah. Like fucking Gary Bettman, get over yourself. Like honest to God, this is, this is absurd. And it's insulting to the rest of us who, you think we're not going to? You think we don't know? You think I'm the only person, who the first person to actually say that the reasons why Quebec left are the same reasons why Arizona should leave? You think I'm the first person to come up with that? No, this is not a secret. This is very well known. So this is absolutely just about his ego, and that's what pisses me off the most about this. Is like you, he can he can hide behind his uh, his press releases all he wants. We all know the truth. It's get, Barry, Gary Bettman. And I've been saying this for years too. He's he's a problem for the NHL. He's one of the main reasons why the NHL can't grow beyond what it has. He's done well. Don't get me wrong. The league has absolutely had some success under Gary Bettman, 100%. But he's been stagnant for so long now that it's time to change. It's time to hand the mantle over and and just move on and find some new blood and and have a new direction for the league. And it it starts with, with him leaving and... You know, take Arizona with you and listen, sorry, Arizona Coyotes fans like I this isn't a shot against you guys because I know there are plenty out there, um, but guys like let's be real here. Like I said, this is exactly why Quebec left and yet somehow you guys are given a million chances and you still can't make it work. It, it's time to move on guys. Um, there was a tons of, there were tons of Quebec Nordique fans that once they relocated to Denver, they just hopped on to Denver. So it's, there's no reason why Arizona fans can't do the same thing to wherever they end up with or end up, which would be ideally in Quebec, which would be ironic too. But anyways, for what it's worth, I do think there are names beyond Keller and Ingram and the ones you mentioned, but Maselli, Kraus, Jersey, Cooley, hell, even Schmaltz should be thrown in there, but given his age, you know what to expect from him, which isn't much. I mean, let's be real here, but the rest of those guys, there's talent there. Some would even say there's a core group there that you could actually build around. The goalie situation is also quite capable, and Ingram and Vimelka are both good goalies, and Matt Vallada is actually a great up-and-comer. So I've seen a few highlights of the Mullet Arena, though. It comes off as an exciting atmosphere. that The fans are involved, and honestly, it does look like it's working, but like you said, Mike, it's 5,500 people. When you realize that, then you wonder, what the hell are we doing here? A college atmosphere for an NHL game is not a good idea. This should not be allowed. And how the hell Gary Bettman is still not the the laughing stock of the professional of the four major professional sports in North America. Um, I don't understand that. So to allow this to happen to me should be driving force behind his dismissal. And, like I said, move the team to Quebec, and let's just can it needs this is this has been such a sticking point for so many people for so long. we we're all just like, we need to move on, man. Just end it already.
0: And you know what, I I will be corrected and listeners out there, you know, if I'm a little off in this, when it comes to this, like they're at this point now where apparently there's a plot of land that they want to, they, they want to build on. Yeah. Now the the problem is, is I, I guess that's up for, maybe I'm wrong with this, but I've heard like this thing is up for like auction. Like I'm not, maybe I'm off on that. I, I don't know, yeah. but it, it seems kind of convoluted and somewhat complicated Everything just seems to be like, you know, everything just seems to be moving so slowly with that franchise. And and listen, I mean, we've gone over it ad Marty. It's like, you know, they get defeated by this vote at this point. They get, you know, thrown out of Gilda uh, River Arena. It's just an absolute mess over there. And, and listen, yeah. again, we marty and i both canadians you know both living in the ottawa area here like we we're biased we're not we're not hiding that from anybody we want another team in canada but there's a reason why we keep pushing that i mean listen do not i, I i've gone over it already they're filling a, a junior uh, arena they, they they are filling it for for the that junior team out there the quebec ramparts don't sit there and tell me that these guys are not going to fill that that arena. That video trying to arena in Quebec City. Like it's just it, it it's it, it to me it's just such a simple thing to make that one move yeah. and 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 be such a, such a more profitable situation. Now maybe there is red tape or something that I don't know about or that I'm not privy to that maybe it isn't as profitable as I would think. But sorry all as a, as a fan, it's gotta um, be
1: more profitable than Arizona. Marty, <laughs> like, that's not setting the bar very high. Marty, <laughs>
0: plain and simple for me, it, 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 again, maybe there's something in the background. I don't know about, but for the information that I am privy to 5,500, as opposed to 18,259. Sorry, dude. That's almost 13,000 more seats times, whatever it is for the ticket. Like for me, right then and there, you are making a more profitable, uh, uh, uh situation, in regards to what Arizona is doing. Listen, again, great, great place for college hockey, Arizona State University. You know, that program has done sure. wonders over the last few years out there in the in the desert, bringing, uh, you know, bringing hockey to that area. They've done an, an absolutely phenomenal job and have had NHLers right. uh, uh, make their way to, to the best league in the world from that, that team. No problem. That's great. But whenever you're talking about an NHL organization, a professional sports team, one of the one of the four major sports groups out there, and you're playing in that arena. It, it, it's Marty at the at the at the very base of it. That's not fair to those players. That's not fair to those players, Marty. Play, not at Clayton all. Clayton Keller, you know, since the, this they've made the move. Yes, he was playing in in their previous arena, but Jesus Christ, I mean, this guy. <laughs> has done has done it all in his hockey career and continues to be an elite player at the national hockey league level hockey league level. And he gets to score in front of less than 6,000 people, less than 6,000 folks. Like Like, listen, I'm not saying that these fans can't be excited and don't bring the energy, but there's a different energy when you have 13,000 more people than you currently have in your building. Like, yeah. some of these players, does some all of these players deserve it. Every last one of them in yeah. that Coyotes organization, they deserve to be playing in front of 17, 16, 18, fuck, more than 10,000 fucking fans in the stands. <laughs> so, listen, Marty and I have, I have laid it all out here over the past few years in regards to the Arizona Coyotes situation. That does not stop today. That continues today wholeheartedly. And you know what, Marty, I could not have said it better than myself. Like he, Batman just needs to get off this hill. It, it, it needs to it, stop. Yeah. Like for dude, you have a great legacy. You brought, you you brought, yeah. te, you brought teams to warmer weather climates. Like you, absolutely. You, yeah. you, 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 you now are the longest serving commissioner in any of the four professionals. Like you have a legacy. It's there. Let go of yeah. the fucking Arizona coyotes, dude. Like get, the, yeah. get this organization to a city that wants them because, yeah. because nice. uh, the Arizona coyotes can keep sending out on their PR account through X that, you know, the greatest fe- I don't want to fucking hear it anymore. You no. You guys have not been able to secure anything. It feels like over the last 15 to 20 years and something stable. You may have been playing in in a professional arena for a while, but nothing's been stable. Look where you are now. They
1: voted against keeping the team at the arena. They voted against allowing the team in the new arena. Like, what more do you want? They don't want you there.
0: Like, I just, I don't understand. And again, maybe there's something that I'm not privy to, but I really, really doubt that. And I, I again, you,
1: you know what? You're right. There there might be something we're not privy to. However, what we are privy to is more than enough to exactly. move the team. It That's the sense. problem.
0: It just doesn't make sense. No. And as a fan who cheers for another team, and when I say this, it bothers me. Like, listen, I don't stay up at night thinking about this Arizona Coyotes or no. <laughs> anything, but as a fan of hockey, like, You know, Logan Cooley, yes, he's playing for that organization now. But, Marty, we talked about it in the offseason and and leading up to the start of the season. This was a guy that wasn't sure if he wanted to go to that or at least not make the move right yet because of the situation that they're in. When you have players that you have drafted, and we're talking about a top three draft pick here in Logan Cooley. Yeah. and And if he's questioning it at all, Marty. His his decision of wanting to go to the big leagues because of the situation that organization finds itself in, that's yeah. a problem. That's a that's and a big we're talking problem. about.
1: And uh, Arizona is a great place to live. So I've been told. Uh, you know, very warm, great golf courses, safe neighborhoods, that kind of stuff. Very great place. So you would think to yourself, maybe oh, maybe this Canadian kid doesn't want to. No, he's from Pittsburgh. So it's not even about that. Logan Cooley knows very much what it what it means to be in a good hockey climate and he second guessed it. So if that doesn't tell you enough that you it's a red that flag. you should it's a red flag. It's thank you. Perfect. Actually yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely a red flag. <laughs> Throw it in the mix with all the other red flags. Yeah. The you know, the city voting against keeping you like there, exactly there's more than enough so again like i go back to what you're saying like there might be something that we're not privy to and that might be true well that might be true we know that's true but like i said there's definitely more than enough out there for us to feel yeah. that this is this is long overdue so but you know what though something tells me we're we're not done with this we're gonna be talking about this again next year and possibly even the year after that and god knows how many more years after that well so, I'm, gonna, it's frustrating.
0: I'm gonna tell you what when it comes to the arizona coyotes the pain isn't gonna end now <laughs> What I will say, and this will segue into our next team, I think the pain. Uh, I think the pain might just be beginning here for this franchise. Yes, I think so. We are talking about the Washington Capitals. Um, You know, I was I was overachieving. Yes, overachieving. (laughs) I was I was going to say this isn't your father's Washington Capitals, but you know what, Marty. We're, we're that old now. So we can't say that. Like it, it's, it's not our old capitals. Like, I mean, Fair enough. I mean, I've seen this guy come into the league since what? 4 five. Like I can't, like I'm, getting, yeah, to, that's I'm true. getting too old now to say that this is my father's capitals. It's my capitals. That's right. <laughs> it's our yeah, capitals. Right. So, I mean, things just haven't been going as well for the, for this team over the last little bit, they have been overachieving. Let's go over some of the numbers here. It'll kind of clear things up a little bit. Let's get to it. Record of 53 games played, 24 wins, 21 losses, eight in overtime. That's good for 56 points on the season and a 528 points percentage. They've scored 131 goals for and have 167 against. That's a minus 36 goal differential. They're sitting in sixth place in the Metro. They're 21st overall. They're ranked 30th. Yep. 30th. Offensively. At at 2.42 goals for per game. They are, (laughs) they are ranked 15th defensively at 3.08 goals against per games played. The power plays ranked 25th at 15.8. That's nowhere near where I thought it was going to be. Penalty kill ranked 16th at 79.8. Think, look, I mean, things look bleak in the U S capital as as this team continues its descent into mediocrity. Ovechkin, I think we can both agree is a former, is a shell of his former self at this particular moment. When it comes to goal scoring, he's only got 14 and 50 games this year. The thing that really worries me about this team, Marty, and I went over um, uh, cap friendly when it came to the caps here. And you know what? While I'm kind of yammering on here, let me go ahead and bring that up (laughs) to you. Um, This this is going to be a very, very difficult team to get out from under. And what I'm talking about, folks, is in regards to like the term and dollars. Um, I mean, let's go over it a little bit here. I mean, you got Ovechkin, he's at 9.5 here, up to and including the 25 and 26 season. Oshie, you got him for another year after this too. Anthony Manta, he's done at the end of the year. So do you continue to bring him on at 29 years old or do you move away from that? An albatross of a contract, as far as I'm concerned, coming up. Tom Wilson Wilson gets bumped up from 5.16 to 6.5 next year, starting next year. And I believe it's a six-year contract. Brutal. Dylan Strom's coming in at $5 million a year to, till 27, 28. That's a piece you can move forward with at 26 years old. Pachetti's done at the end of the year. You got Milano and Nick Dowd that, in my personal opinion, could potentially be trade pieces. Milano comes in at $1.9. Dowd comes in at $1.3. Where it really starts to get a little bit dicey for me is when it comes to their top four defensemen, Marty. They're all signed up to and including the 25 26 season. Carlson at 8 million, Nick Jensen at four, a little over four, Trevor Rams, Van Riemsdyk at three, and Martin uh, Fairvarvey at uh, 2.675. Uh, Kempers thrown in there at 5.25, and he is up uh, at the end of 26 27. Long story short, short, folks, there's not a lot of pieces that they can move out. That's what I'm getting to when I'm rhyming off all of these terms and dollars for you. It's going to be extremely difficult for them to move away from some of these. And the ones that are coming up, like, I mean, Nick Dowd's got this year and next year yet left. You probably want to keep that at 1.3. Sonny Milano, you you probably want to do the same. He's 27. You know, you'll have him to 30 and he's under 2 million a year. So for for me it's just it's becoming very very difficult to move some of that roster. Uh you know that Ovechkin's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. I mean, he's going to play exactly. out his last days with that franchise. That that's that's happening. And I mean, unless Crosby wants to move, I think you're seeing the same thing there in Pittsburgh. Um yeah. listen. All, all that all that being said in regards to the term and the dollars, it's going to be difficult to do. What magnifies that just a little bit more is there's little in the way of prospects coming up the pipeline as well for this for this organization now that being said i do like what uh carberry has done with this team and what the and the cards that he has been dealt with um but in my personal opinion i do think that the teardown does need to start now uh, the teardown needs to start but i i've gotten written down here where where they can because there is just not many areas. There, there just isn't. I, I mean, you yeah. got Nick Baxter on, on LTIR, and that's giving you a little bit of relief in regards to the dollars. But, I mean, Marty, it's, you know, they're they're in that mushy middle, and we've talked about that endlessly as well. I mean, it, you know, they're not bad enough to get a, a super high draft pick, and they're not good enough to, you know, kind of challenge for any kind of to division. Be title or, exactly, or be contenders. Yeah. Exactly, or be in any situation. I mean, yeah, they're sniffing at a wild card but i mean they're, they're do you sniff- really even
1: want them to though <laughs>
0: well i mean it's and it's not even that right it's the teams that are in front of them too i mean you've got guys like the islanders and the detroit red wings and i mean some of these groups are just a little bit better positioned than 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 washington is so i i just i i i gotta say that these guys should well if, if i'm running this team we're sellers at the deadline that's for sure you mm-hmm. have you have to start somewhere marty and look I I, I it's
1: I ironic that Washington and Pittsburgh are, are right next to each other uh, with very similar rosters yeah. uh, doing very similar things uh, the only difference is obviously Crosby has not missed this missed a step at all whereas with Ovechkin uh, he's really falling off the face of the earth uh, by Ovechkin's standard well <laughs> I mean yes by Ovechkin standards and by several other player standards too but anyways It's interesting to show, to me, that it suggests that, you know, betting on older players these days, probably not the way to go in in the NHL anymore, in this NHL. This NHL is very, very focused around its young players and how quick they are and how talented, talented they are and how much they think outside the box. Whereas, you know, some of these older guys who, you know, Ovechkin can still play. He got 42 goals last year. Uh, Crosby this year, you know, 30 goals uh, and, you know, over a point a game. So they can still play. They're still relevant. It's just as a whole, they can't carry their teams. Um, Ovechkin, more than Crosby, needs to have that supporting cast. And it's obvious that without it and without that supporting cast playing great, um,
0: there's not much he can do. Um, like like so, like he's a player that I mean, Crosby can manufacture a lot more than Ovechkin can, right? Ovechkin's kind of the guy that you want. Always have You want to get the puck to Like I mean, right. it, it's so again, like you're saying, and to piggyback on what you just mentioned, like the, he does need that supporting cast. I mean, l- let's call it what it is. He needs he needs Nick Backstrom. Backstrom could yes. find that guy anywhere. So yep. I mean, without him the decline could you know could be quite steep it's steep man it's very steep like i didn't i
1: you know i i had put weight on Backstrom being out yeah. i had put consideration on that for sure but to say that he'd be at, at this stage he'd be at 14 goals it's a bit he'll of a end surprise up with le- it's a bit so of a- i think it was the, in the shortened season he had 24 goals in 46 games yeah something like that anyways um and this year he'll end up with less than that having played almost twice as many games I would not have predicted that down the stretch for Ovi at all. Not the way things had looked for him at all.
0: Not so quickly, um, anyway. I mean,
1: no. Like I, like you could see this maybe in the last year kind you know, of like, thing, where he's already passed the record and he's got one year left on his contract. That's kind of how I saw this playing out. Like I mean, if but I, now
0: there's no. I'm just gonna say, is like, he
1: passing Gretzky? It, mm, That's, I, there's I, enough there to wonder.
0: I, well, I, I was just gonna say because you know you asked me that question a year ago, and I'm I'm all in. All in, he's beating him, no problem. Yes, me too. Now, I'm not going to sit there and say that he's not going to do it. But like you just mentioned, now there there is a seed of doubt that has been planted because of the performance this year. And again, Marty, like we just kind of went over here, there's nothing coming. Like, there's like nothing. like nothing. Nick, Nick Backstrom is, is, is there isn't a second coming of Nick's backstrom coming. I don't know if we've actually seen his last game played. I think so That's what I'm wondering. but I'm, but I'm not 100 um, percent. but I mean like it, it's just they they're in a tough spot, Marty. I mean when, you, when you've got guys signed like Ovechkin 9.5 and again, you know I'll go over the six year I think it's a six year deal that uh, that Tom Wilson starts next year. It's just. I, like the, the, That's, the hay- I hated
1: that contract from day one.
0: That's a pointless contract. Exactly. And and the heydays are gone, right, Marty? Like, the heydays are oh, gone for, for, for this group. So you're on... It, it's you're a on, contract that makes zero sense. Like, you're on the back nine no matter which way you look at this. Yeah. Look at it from whatever angle you want. You are on the back nine. Like, they're... they're, they're yes. We're not coming... The, the Rock of the Red is not coming back. Like, it's, it's not... You know, well, it may come back in, an, in a different... uh um, uh, form, but not with a, an Ovechkin-led kind of group here. So, listen, no. it's it's going to be tough. Uh, I think that these guys may find themselves in mediocrity for... A, a, for a, too a, long. Well, I, I think it's going to be a little bit, Marty, because, again, I just, like, Marty, th- even even three years from now, Marty, how are you going to get rid of that Tom Wilson contract? What are you going to do, give two fucking first-round picks just to get rid of this fucking thing? Like, they're not doing that. Like it's, it's Even it's if not, they did, think about the absurdity like, of doing exactly. that. How much further down exactly. are you bringing yourself by getting rid of two first picks? So, it makes no sense. So I just don't understand, like, how they're going to be able to get themselves out of some of these contracts. And that's the problem for me going down the line, right? Like, usually you can get it to, oh, okay, it's his last year and we'll retain some. Dude, that top four defense has got contracts <laughs> oh, for the next three to four years. So, like, it's not... It's just it's not it's not going to be conducive to a quick um, to a quick turnaround for these guys. I just don't see it. Um, You know,
1: (laughs) there's too much in the way for them to become serious contenders, and there's too much in the way for them to actually fall below because you can't ask these players not to play their best. And there's enough talent on this team to keep them exactly where they are, which is in that mushy middle. And that's a major problem it, it, because all you're ever going to do is get middle-of-the-round picks, and that's it. And like You won't be able to develop quickly. You won't be able to get over that hump quickly. You yeah. won't be able to get help to the players who need those that help. And what sucks is that it's obvious what they've been doing. They've been lining themselves up. From an organizational standpoint, from an owner standpoint, they've been lining themselves up for Ovi's run at Gretzky. That's what this has always been about. You can tell. It's written all over these contracts. However, what happens when that fails and your seasons are failing? So now there's even less to grab a hold. There's way less meat on that bone now from a Capitals perspective.
0: This, this makes no sense now. And you can even look at that from a bigger picture too, Marty. I mean, the, the fan base is not going to have anything to latch onto now. The, I mean, no. the, l- let's face it. The, the, the thing that they've been kind of marching towards here is, like you mentioned, Ovechkin, Gretzky's record. Ovechkin, Gretzky's record, yep. Ovechkin, Gretzky's record. That's that that's kind of what the be I mean, look, guys, they won the Stanley Cup in 2018. It's 2024 now. Like you're you're five years, six years removed now. Like it, that, that's that's the only meat that's on the bone. And like Marty mentioned, once when that starts to falter, as it has been this year, like I mean, Marty, I'm looking at it here, mm-hmm. and if I'm a fan of the Washington Capitals. I can easily, easily sit here and say that my team is not taking any kind of an upswing now and four, five years from today. And, and, and and Marty, if I'm being honest and and going over particularly their cap friendly situation, dude, that, that, that's probably, you know, looking at it from a positive with rose colored glasses a little bit here. I oh, mean you yeah. you you're still going to have some of these players that we're talking about today some of the Ovechkin's D Wilson's uh you're still going to have some of these guys around you know 4 years from now like it 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 begs the question when do you know as a Cap, as a Capitals fan or for any of those Capitals fans out there the Capitals fan base when does my team start to take that you know that that move back up the standings and looking at it today I mean four, five, six years from today, uh, you know, you got to look at rebuilding that team and, and, and adding some youth to it. And I mean, it's an aging roster uh, from top to bottom. Very so, quickly. So it, it will, exactly. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of play this out here over the next, uh, well, really over the next two, three uh, trade deadlines. Because in my personal opinion, you're a seller. Now, what do you have to sell? That's a different story. Yeah. That's a different story. They have contracts to sell. That's what they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'd have to sell the farm here just to get rid of the damn thing. So, the kudos Washington-
1: to the fans though. They they're at a 95.2% capacity. However, that being said, they're in the bottom 10. So, it's not exactly, you know, you're not bragging about being in the bottom. You're only you're barely above Chicago. Um, but Chicago's got a massive boost with uh, Connor Bedard, right? But then you're only ahead of the Senators, Flyers, Blue Jackets, Ducks, Flames, Jets,
0: Sabers, and Sharks. So again, barely. The heyday, the barely. Heyday, yeah, the heydays are gone, where they're like completely packing it. packing that place and rocking the red and the whole bit. So, but I mean, look, they, I'd be they,
1: interested in seeing too, like the differences between last, like two years ago, last year, and this year. Yeah. What the trend is, and then we'll we'll see what next year is because. Let's be real. It's going to be worse next year. I do. I honestly think it's going to be much worse for Washington next year. Like, so do I. Again, I feel they're overachieving this year. Me too. I, I didn't. I honestly did not expect them to even be
0: where they are at right now, which is not saying a whole lot at all. They're eleventh, and that's and a, that's not good. And that's why I mentioned Carberry because I'm sorry for what he's been given as a first Absolutely. as a first year above coach, 500 record. First, yeah, wow. exactly. First time head coach. Like he's he's done well with what he's had. Uh, I mean, Christ! I mean, you're basically leaning six on... six
1: points behind. That's crazy. Six points behind eighth spot, uh, Detroit, uh, with two games in hand. So, like, they're not even out of a of a wild card spot yet.
0: You just, which is great, it, but well, also really bad. Yeah, I know. It's like where, <laughs> and and again, like this is, this is the prototypical mushy middle. Like, where as yeah, a, as a fan yeah. of that franchise, as a fan of that franchise today, like. Where, where do you want them to go? You know what I mean? That's true. Do we, do we actually bring somebody in to make this push and try and get in? Or like, do we start something like, and and listen personally, and I know that maybe this isn't the, uh, um, um, idea of choice But I just, I, I don't know. I've always been that type where Marty, what would be the point of pushing? What's the point of pushing? To get yourself into the yeah, first round know. and probably get hammered. Like, I'm sorry, you don't have, like, listen. Charlie Lindgren has he's done extremely well with what he's what he's got. You don't have a goaltender, and yeah, Darcy Kemper, yes, he's a Stanley Cup winner, but Darcy Kemper is not scaring me in any way, shape, or form right now. And I mean, Charlie Lindgren is what he is. Like, he's done admirably with with with, with what he's gotten um yeah i mean you're not talking about an elite goaltender here so i just if the washington capitals were able to squeak into the playoffs i mean jesus christ you're 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 heading up against somebody like a boston bruins florida panthers uh the rangers uh Carolina like you're gonna get to me you're gonna get dummied in that first round and i just don't understand where and then what's the point well no but that, that and that's what i'm getting to it's like I just don't see any point of going out there and saying, "Oh, you know, we need to go and get a second line, uh, a second line scoring winger, so we can make a put. Like, you're going to be selling off assets that you need to be keeping at this particular point in my in my view. So, I don't know. I just, yes, they're right there. They're 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 sniffing. I just, th- there's teams to me that just seem like they're going to be better over the second half of the season here, and it's going oh to continue yeah. to push the the, the the Capitals down the. Uh, down the standings. But, I mean, hey, listen, that's why they play the games, right? I mean, I I could be sitting here. Washington kind of has an upset for, who knows? Who knows? But I I just don't see it. Uh, I don't think it would be the right move for them to be buyers at the deadline. I think they need to start to deconstruct that roster where they can uh, and, and, you know, get as many bullets in that chamber in regards to Draft picks or whatever the case may be, younger players, whatever, uh, and 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 starting that retool, rebuild, whatever word you want to use. Um, I mean, the Capitals as we we know it and the 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 um, team that we've come to know and love. It, I mean, it's 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 a shamble of what it was. It's it's not uh, it's not the same as what it was. And I just think that they need to start moving on and and, and getting younger and, get, and getting some draft capital behind them.
1: And here, here's another reason why yeah, this is weird, man. Like hockey is just weird. Like remember last year with the way L.A. was just like so good. But if you look at their numbers, it didn't make sense. Like remember, yep. we, were, we were talking about that. Like yep. it, just, it was very odd. Well, same thing for Washington. Granted, they're not nearly as good at all. But like so they've got none of their top number, top four, right? Like 30th in goals per game, 15th in goals against, 25th power play, and 16th penalty kill. Nothing Nothing great there at all. You're either in the basement or in the middle, right? Well, if you look at the other bubble teams, let's say Pittsburgh as an example, right? Games, uh, goals per game, twenty-six. Uh, power play thirtieth. Terrible numbers. However, goals against per game fourth. Penalty kill ninth. Yeah. Right. So they, they've they've at least got reasons to push because certain areas are doing very well. Um, then you look at uh, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, goals per game eighth. Goals against twenty sixth, power play thirteenth, and penalty kill nineteenth. But at least they have that goals per game; they're in the top ten. And there's and there's something can, There's something you can yeah, hold your hat on. You, exactly. There's a reason to keep going. But and then the Islanders just to close it out twentieth in goals per game, twenty fourth in goals against, but seventh on the power play, which is a bit surprising. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, oh, and then thirty second in penalty kill, also surprising. But again, they've got power play right you get a penalty against them and you're in trouble it doesn't matter what team you are so for washington to have absolutely nothing their their best is a top 15th which is goals against which is 3 and you're scoring under 2.5 you're not going anywhere you're losing every game so there's nothing to grab a hold of there. And again, in my opinion, looking at these numbers, this is very surface numbers kind of stuff. I, I'm aware of that, but on the surface, you're overachieving. You should not even be in 11th place. Uh, what is it, six points out of eighth? Uh, with two games in hand? Yeah, six games out of, out of eighth with two game. No, sorry, one game in hand. Like, congratulations, you've done better than you should. It's, but gonna, there's it's no just, future here.
0: It's going to be a really up a real uphill climb, in my personal opinion, in the second half of the season here. But
1: and it's an old roster; they're going to run out of steam by the time they make it. Should they make it to the top of the hill? You've got nothing left in the tank by the time you hit the playoffs. So, I don't know. I Wa- don't know. Washington. I'm a naysayer for listen, sure. Listen,
0: buckle in. That fan base needs to buckle in. It's going to be rough here for another Tough. couple of years. That's for sure. Um, yeah. ready to move over to uh, check my fanny here, uh, Marty. Yeah, let's do it. Let's All right. Do it. But uh, so, let's take a little break first. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. We'll go ahead and take a small commercial break and get a word from our sponsors, DraftKings. No hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. This week I've got the Boston Bruins coming in at plus 120, taking on the Edmonton Oilers coming in at minus 142, and the Buffalo Sabres who come in at minus 130, taking on the Montreal Canadiens coming in at plus 110. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just five bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And we are back with check my fanny, Marty. Things are starting to get, back, get a little baby, interesting back, here. By I tell you. So, well, for you, <laughs> well, I mean, not just, not just, for no, me, it's okay. really. it, 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 there. There's some movement at the top of the, of the leaderboard again here. So yes, Scott goes into yesterday, uh, the Royals, uh, go into yesterday's mm-hmm. matchup with the Buccaneers on Sunday, having eight players to the Bucks, none. So, so long story short, it was like, buckle up for your father, hoping to kind <laughs> of hold them off at the end yeah. of the day. With a win Oof. by the Avalanche four to three against was it? I think was it against Arizona? It was I'm not Arizona. I'm not I think it was 100%, Arizona. Yeah. I think it was Arizona too. I'm not 100. Um, big four three yes, win it for the Avalanche over Arizona four three, which gave Scott uh, a goaltending win, which pushed him over your dad by a point. I think it was 49 by 48. Um, yeah, it was in that same <laughs> game, and that last goal was scored by Devin Tase. It just wasn't. It wasn't a good game for your brother. Uh, not only <laughs> not not only does he lose, uh, um, lose uh, another half game on Scott at the top of the uh, the standings. Um, I came back to tie your brother, so he wasn't able to kind of keep pace with Scott. There goes another half game behind him. I was able to kind of sneak in there and tie the game up at the end of the at the end of the night on Sunday. So that's what's going on at the top of the leaderboard. You've got Scott sitting at what fourteen and four. Uh, Joel yep. with the apocalypse twelve five and one, and myself with the dragons uh, sitting at ten six and two. Um, going to be kind of interesting the rest of the year. I I yeah. think I think that each of us play. I know I play the Royals one more time this year. And obviously, so that means obviously the Royals, I've got one more game against one of the top three teams. I do believe, I think the Royals and Apocalypse also play one more time as well, but I'm not 100% sure. All that to say that the top three teams really don't, really don't meet each other much the rest of the way. So it will be interesting to see how everything plays out. Oh, yeah. You don't Uh, play
1: against Joel anymore. No. um, You're not playing against Joel.
0: It's just me and Scott, and I think the Apocalypse and the Royals have one game against each other left, but I'm not sure on that. Um, Yes.
1: So you got one against the Royals. My brother's got one against the Royals. Um, And, well, I mean, that's it. There's nobody else really. So there (laughs) you go.
0: It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out with some of the, uh, we'll call them bottom feeder teams, uh, are are going to play a part here, I think, uh, in regards to the championship race. Um, you've got the Pawn Hogs, who I believe that's a second win in a row for, uh, for um, Jason, sitting now at 9, 8, and 1, uh, getting himself back over uh, yes, over, over 500. Um, the Cougars sitting at 8 and 10. Uh, Buccaneers with a 6 11 and 1 record. The Demons come in at the same 6 11 and 1. Uh, the Buccaneers have a few more points for uh, that, puts him into uh, sixth place. Um, where the demons are seventh and the brigands come in at eight at three, 13 and two. The rebuild uh, continues for the brigands for sure. Um, first pick so overall, yeah, all, baby. Woo. You got that right, baby. Uh, Macklin <laughs> Celebrini coming to the brigands, uh, unless something happens with our draft lottery. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> you're like, no, no. Uh, one trade to speak of though, um, the league leading Royals, uh, took care of a little bit of a goaltending issue that they had, uh, uh, owning Vitek Vanasek. Um, so they drop him and acquire um, Sergey Bobrovsky from the Pondhogs. Um, the Pawnhogs received the Royals' fourth round inch draft pick in 24-25, as well as a second round midseason in 25-26. So the Royals fixing up their issues and bolstering their lineup uh, for the stretch run. So listen, still a three-team uh, race, but if you, you can kind of get the pawn hogs in here to a certain extent. Um, I mean, they're only, they're only, what, a game and a half behind me, so they're, they're sticking their nose into things here, back onto on the, uh, the right side of 500. Um, so listen, let's see how things play out for them too. Um, but as it stands right now, I don't know, man, feeling, feeling a little bit like the Royals and the apocalypse could be going head to head here. I mean, I I've got my work cut out for me, especially when it comes to uh, the Royals. I think like we were talking about, Marty, we have seven or eight weeks left. Uh, that yep. doesn't give me much uh, racetrack uh, as I am three games, I think I'm three games behind or two and a half games behind um, Scott. So there'd have to be a little bit of a swing here for me to be able to get my nose stuck back up in there. Um, but that being said. Um that is. Uh check my fanny unless there's anything else that you want to add there, Marty. I, I guess first no. pick overall. Woo! Looks <laughs> like <laughs> a plan. That's, it. That's all. <laughs> we move on to Beauties yes. and the Beast. Uh Marty, you want to start us off uh with Beauties and the Beast this week? Sure thing. I went a little
1: centric on the goalies. That's uh, all right. All four of them are goalies. That's all right. um, like them? But I, like, yeah, and part of it, actually, I'd started out thinking, oh, well, uh, I'm going to do it, you know, based around my players. So I looked at my team and I was like, oh, yeah, I got one goalie. And that's about it. <laughs> so I decided to shift to just goalies. Um, so anyway, so Nico Dawes, first one up. Uh, three wins, one loss the last four games with a 202 and 942 save percentage. So a for a team searching week, all... Big it's, week, it's, week yeah, week. big time. Well, with the injury to Vanacek, right? Yeah, uh, He got thrust into that uh, starter roles. They called up Kira Schmid, who I also have. Didn't use him at all. <laughs> four starts, uh, for follow, like four consecutive starts for Nico Dawes. Uh, for teams searching all season long for a goalie to take the reins and run with it, perhaps the injury to uh, Vanicic, as I mentioned, um, is actually the the kind of thing that really this team needed. Um, so he didn't, like, Nico Dawes didn't necessarily play some shitty teams either. Like, Dawes. Like I said, four straight starts, and he beat Seattle, Nashville, and Philly. All of them are bubble teams, so they're all playing for, like, their hearts out, basically, for that last spot. Um, And that one loss against LA, he stopped 25 out of 27 shots. So, kid's been dynamite, and I doubt Vanacek presents much of a threat when he comes back. I see this really being a 1A, 1B situation going forward. Once he does come back, because I believe it's just (laughs) day-to-day. That's um, it. That's all I got. I mean, he's he's a great no, no, no. And
0: things are going well, so it's good. No, I was go- I was going with the old radio silence there for a second here. Yeah, that's... no, I, I I do have something to say about Dawes. I mean, oh okay for 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 that team for that team in in this situation. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more. I mean, in all reality, thank God. Th- th- yeah, th- this team things could have gone south in a right hurry. Now listen, they're they're fighting, scratching and clawing here to get it back into the wild card, get themselves yeah. back into the picture. And I, I gotta say, for Nico Dawes to step up and and look. I understand, um, you know, you, you you definitely want to be cautious with this player, especially with all of the trade speculation uh, and Markstrom going to New Jersey. So just be careful with that. That being said, though, with the week that Nico Dawes had, this is exactly what the New Jersey Devils needed. I mean, you know, he, come, he comes up big um, um, for the... Uh, Uh, Stadium series comes up big for this club here in in a big, big time of need. I mean, their quote-unquote starting goaltender goes down. Things aren't working out with Akira Schmid. He goes down to the minors. Is back up again, uh, as Marty mentioned. I mean, good on him. This is exactly what New Jersey needed. New Jersey has a, a quick strike offense that can do some damage that way. Again, this is Mm -hmm. just a situation where a goaltender needs to come in there, make that right save at the right time, and he's been doing that. I mean, Marty, like you mentioned, the last four games, 2.02 goals against average, 9.42 save percentage. Yes, please. Dynamite. I will absolutely. We will take that any day of the week. Nico Dawes, definitely, definitely worthy of uh, of a beauty this week. That is for sure.
1: Which is ironic too, because in terms of uh, mentioning uh, Akira Schmid playing backup, uh, this was Akira Schmid last year, right? Like he was yeah, their savior yeah. last year, uh, but now it's Nico Das stepping in. And overall, <clears throat> he's played 12 games. He's six and six with a 293 nine twelve. So nothing to sneeze at. Nothing that's you know grandiose either. But he's definitely given them a reason to uh, to believe they actually might make it through. So
0: good on you, Nico. So good next
1: next up, Sergey Bobrovsky, uh, oh, four wins. No losses, one shutout in his last four games at a one fifty, nine forty seven. Oh, I mean, man. this is Veznabob. I yeah, know it it is, and mad. and we're some of us are a little bit upset about the trade that we talked about in CFHL, but yes. it's all right. I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you <laughs> he's, having <laughs> he's having a great season he's having a great season all together with 27 wins, a 241 GAA and 914 save percentage, steady if not spectacular, which is all the team really needs. Like the, Honestly, this Florida team is dangerous. At the moment, this is the best season, that was his best season in Florida. So if Bob can keep this going all the rest of the way and right into the playoffs, and all indications are that he can absolutely do this uh, Florida might actually be the best team in the East right now, especially with Boston kind of coming back to Earth a little Bit recently. So they've overtaken the first overall in the Eastern Conference, uh, just ahead of New York Rangers. For whatever reason, though, the Rangers always come off as being unassuming. So they're kind of hidden, even though they're second. With Florida, though, they've got that extra little bit of swagger. And then yeah. when you've got a Bobrovsky playing the way he's playing, fuck, that makes him dangerous. And the way Paul Maurice coaches this team, I don't know, man. Right now, in my opinion, they, they're emerging as the favorite out of the East. And you know it's what? a
0: big reason for that is Bobrovsky. You know what, Marty? You- hit on all sorts of points there. Um, I mean, Bobrovsky playing like Bobrovsky should with, uh, you know, earning $10 million. The thing, that, the thing <laughs> about this team for me is th- this team is starting to get real scary, Marty. And, and yes. not only, not only with their performance since the holidays season, these, these guys have gone off. Could has just, re- he's ridiculous. Again. Oh, he's nuts. He has, he has gone off since the start of the year. Um, what it is for me is these guys have been there, right? Like, they, they went through the, 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 the finals last year. Um, they, you know, scratched and clawed their way to get into the playoffs. We're playing playoff hockey the last two months of last year. Like, yeah. w- w- what scares me the most is this team has been there and has done that and knows exactly what it takes. And for them to be doing what they're doing right now, like, you know, we, we've seen it time and time again, Marty, where a team maybe peaks early. Dude, yeah. I I don't think this is anything like that. I think that no, these this guys, is who they are. I think <clears throat> I think they're flexing their muscle right now, Marty. If I'm being really honest yeah. with you, um, you know, Boston has had a phenomenal, phenomenal year, and have had players step up uh, in, in positions that that, that oh, they've yeah. lost. In particular, down that center ice with Bergeron, Krejci, players have stepped yeah. up. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Done very, very well, but. When you see the way the Florida Panthers are playing right now, all cylinders the way they the way they just murdered the Tampa Bay lightning just <laughs> hammered hammered them like it, it, it's a scary scary thought to be thinking about this team in round one and again I, I go back to those intangibles Marty these guys have have gone through the black and blue uh post season you know right till the end and 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 mm-hmm. ha again Leading up to that playoff, they had to fight, scratch and claw their way for the past for the two months leading up to that. These guys know exactly, rate right to the to the minutia, exactly what these guys need to do, and they're doing it. And, and I just find, like you said, I think you mentioned the word swagger as well, both in regards to Bobrovsky and the actual team. And mm-hmm. m- man, when it, like this team, you can just kind of see it. They know they're good. They, they, they know that they're going to be winning. And, and dude, the, the run that they're on on the road right now. Like, I'm sorry, oh, dude. Yeah. You're you're going into other teams' buildings every <laughs> second night or, you know, every whatever night, and you're handing it to them in their building. Like, I, I listen, I'm not going to um, uh, continue on anymore here. But, two, su- yeah. but suffice <clears> it to <throat> say, Bobrovsky doing exactly what he should be doing with the type of money that he's making. And that team is really, really looking scary right now, Marty.
1: Yeah, like as a whole the team looks great, but that's the that's the difference maker right now is that not only do they look great, but they've got that goalie yep. who's playing exceptionally well. So you you can face up against anyone. Um you know, it's kind of like like Edmonton is there too, but they don't have that goalie. So I'm, that's what that that's their weakest link, right? Whereas I'm, with Florida, I'm not sure they have a weakest link.
0: Well, with Florida, I mean they could, you know, they could go through a period or two and not be having their best game. And they've got a guy that can totally keep them in a period. Now, yeah. listen, I'm not saying that Skinner can't do that, he just needs a bigger sample size. That's all. Like, we've seen Bob do this, right? We've seen Bob carry yeah, a team on a show, exactly. IE Columbus Blue Jackets. did it last year, so yeah, again. To, to, you're in right, the playoffs, Marty, he played amazing last year. You're right, Marty. I mean, it wasn't the greatest of season, but once it got to the playoffs, we saw a different Sergei Bobrovsky. And we exactly. are seeing that Sergei Bobrovsky all year this year. And yeah. I, again, we, I think we talked about it earlier on in the year, Marty. This is the first time, well, first time. First time in a long time that we've seen Bobrovsky play the way he should. I mean, this, this is, is
1: like I said, yeah. This is his best season in Florida to date so far. Yeah. If he finishes with those numbers, because I think one season he ended with a nine thirteen save percentage. I think it was his second year in Florida. This will be nine fourteen, so that much better, right? Yeah. So yeah, like Bobrovsky is having his best year. It would make sense that this is you know Florida's best opportunity because you've finally got everything clicking at the right time. So
0: he's been hot, man.
1: Um. Moving on, uh, Peter Kochetkov. So three wins, two losses, one shutout in his last five games, but then 193 goals against a nine twenty. Another great goalie, uh 927 save percentage. So talk about a stopgap player. Peter is keeping it together for a team with massive holes in nets. Spencer Martin deserves some credit, but not much, because it's only point, been great like lately. Yeah, um, But let's be real here. Peter has carried the heavier loads for the squad, keeping them atop the Eastern Conference. Got to assume it's only a matter of time before he's the clear-cut number one of this team with just one year left on Anderson's contract and Peter at the start of his four year seems the plan is coming together so have faith Hurricanes fans you're in great hands and it's true Kochetkov this is his team next year I think Anderson's injuries are just too much Uh, regardless of what he feels like next year this is Peter's team next year 100% and
0: for that matter you know what Marty I'd be more than happy if I was a uh, Carolina Hurricanes fan going into the era with uh, Kachetkov as my number one and uh, Spencer Martin as my backup. Uh, You know, what's wrong with that? Beautiful. beautiful. really, Really glad that, listen, Kachetkov, I mean, enough ink spilled on him. We, we all know that he's been the Carolina Hurricanes goalie of the future. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. we've had a nice sample size in regards to due to injury with the other two, uh, uh, Ranta and um, uh, Freddie Anderson but I tell you what Spencer Martin goes from Vancouver. I think he ended up in Columbus on waivers and then he goes from Columbus to, uh, now the hurricanes. And I tell you what, like I know he's only had a couple (laughs) of games for the hurricanes and I think it was like three weeks apart or whatever, but you know what? The hurricanes are just getting the goaltending where they need it. And that's kind of what I want to mention here. Like Spencer comes in, uh, Gives them what they need. He comes in a couple of games yeah. and he's got two wins for them. Just keeps the nope. ball rolling. N- nothing. That's a uh, nothing extravagant. The guy's not the second coming of Patrick Roy or anything like that. Just <laughs> no. th- these goalies in Carolina just continue to give them what they need. I I, I yeah. know it's like a pick 'em. Like who's who's in nets tonight? But for whatever reason, that team structure and and and. Coach Rod Brindamore has that team playing such a great structure that it doesn't matter who they have back there; they seem to be able to do the job and, and get the job done for the Hurricanes. So, great job, hundred percent. They're fourth off. in the
1: conference. It's Thirty-two wins, seventeen losses. Like obviously, there's nothing, there's nothing lost there. So
0: that's the Hurricanes that we've come to know and love. Hundred yeah.
1: <clears> percent. <throat> Stuart Skinner. Hmm. Well, you're 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 no good right now. <laughs> One win, three losses in the last four games with three fifty-seven goals against an eight eighty save percentage. My God, those are Ilya Samsonov numbers. Oh. Just <laughs> two goals, two goalies, one stone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just goes to show you the offense. The offense can't do it all, and the Oilers still have an issue in nets. Sure, slumps can happen. Look at Vasilevsky lately with his 317, 899 numbers, but Edmonton hasn't won anything, and Vaz doesn't have to doesn't have anything to prove. So if this team is going to do something, Skinner is obviously the man to take them there. But I do think he has the ability. He and I do. Sorry, and I do think he has the ability, but he does need to stay consistent. He continues to go up and down, a trademark for a backup goalie, not a starter. At what point do the Oilers fans feel like this is just the same old stuff, and we'll be one, maybe two rounds into the playoffs before we're out again? Because we don't have that goalie back there. It really feels like we're repeating ourselves against again this year. And as much fun as a 16-game win streak was, that may have been our high for their, because, quite frankly, losing in the second round just ain't cutting it anymore, and I don't want it anymore. So I'm like, I, this is absolutely a broken record situation. We've thrusted Stuart Skinner into a situation where he's like basically treading water. And the offense is the reason why we're pushing through. We've had moments of brilliance with Stuart Skinner. Don't get me wrong, but this is not where he's supposed to be at this stage in his career. This was not how he was supposed to go through it all. Um, I know the original plan was Jack Campbell was gonna be the the you know the the main guy driving us through, and that just didn't work. But you know we put ourselves in such a hole in the, in the goalie situation that there was no way there was no other choice than to just thrust Stuart Skinner into this. Calvin Picard is just I mean it's you got two backup goalies trying to play a starter position and it ain't working out so
0: well, I mean that's
1: Stuart Skinner for you
0: for for me when it, when it comes down to it, Skinner and the Oilers, I mean we, we've we've gone through this with the Leafs for a number of years, and to a certain extent we have gone through it with the Oilers as well I mean what it's going to come down to is the beginning of the playoffs. Like, I mean, that, that's yeah. what it is. That's what it is for these guys. I mean, they're basically, you know, now earlier on in the year, we were wondering if they were even going to make the playoffs, but you know, a 16 game win yeah. streak kind of, you know, takes care, you. T- takes care of that, gets you back into where you want to be. Uh, but for yeah. this team, it, it's all about the playoffs and it's, it's, it's going to be what have yeah. you done for me lately? Um, for, in particular for me, you know, during the 16 game win streak and, and I, listen, I understand they weren't playing some of the best teams in the league during this win streak, uh, and it was a lot of okay. What, whatever the case is, they won those games and they were playing better defensive hockey. Was that because they were yep. they were against some lesser teams? Quite possibly, and we'll find out if if that was the truth as we get towards the playoffs and they start playing top end teams every night, every second night. That right. for me is where that for for me is where the rubber's going to hit the road. I, I, is this? I mean, we saw a pretty. I don't want to stay stingy, but I saw a pretty structured defense uh, uh, you know, during the 16-game win streak and, and over the past few months here. Are we going to continue to see that uh, going into the playoffs? That's going to be the big thing for me to see if that, that, that defensive game can withhold what the offense is already going to bring. So we're going to find that out. I, I Listen, I'm much more comfortable with Stuart Skinner today than I was a year ago, that's for sure. He has shown me that he can be. He has the, the, the ability to be that top goalie that they need. Um, I'm not talking, right. I, I'm not going to sit here and say elite. No way. Uh, he's not in that kind of and, and No. And, and look, I understand how <laughs> uh, shesterkin stats is here. I get it. But, you know, the that hella bucks, your Shosturkins, your Sorokins. So you see Saros, that kind of thing. Georgiev, you know, at least in regards to uh, wins for sure, um, you know, he, he's not in that grouping per se. But I I think this could be a guy that could get the job done. I I mean, what we've seen out of him this year is better than what we've seen before. True. Um, Again, you know, I go right back to what I said at the start. We're just going to have to start seeing this in the playoffs. And we're going to have to see that that team. What we saw during the 16-game win streak, I need to see that in the playoffs, period. That's what I need to see. There it is. That's what yeah. I need to see. So we're going to find Wait out. A how, this how many play.
1: wins do you need to get to the to get to
0: get the Stanley Cup again? 16, baby. So if they that's go on another 16. Pretty wins, ironic, eh? Like, listen, it's, uh, you know, if they can they can put it together. And and look, you, they're going to be playing top teams every night in the playoffs. That's a foregone conclusion. Doesn't matter who they're going to be facing. And that's, again, that's where the rubber is going to hit the road for this club. I mean, they're, they're kind of in the same wheelhouse as the Leafs. It's, it's what are you doing for me in the playoffs and where are we going in the playoffs? And that's going to come to pass here. And we're going to see what the deal is. And we're going to see what, you know, what Knobloch has been able to do with this team um, once the playoffs do start. Because, you know, that, that's where it's really going to come out. Um, I, I think they've got the makeup to to, to get it done. Um, you're going to need a big go here from Skinner. And he's going to need to do what he's done for most of this year um, moving forward. So... Skinner, you just got to get the job Good done, luck. my friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, you're so up. So my
0: my beauties <laughs> in the beast this week. We're going to start off with Arturi Lekkanen. Um, Listen, I mean, this guy, seven points in his last eight, eight games since returning from injury. Those seven points have actually come in the last five games, so he's pretty hot lately. Deployment on the team's first power play unit bodes well for his continued production. Slotted in the second line with um, uh, Colton uh, and Wood. Um, I... Don't know if that's where he's going to live permanently. I would foresee this guy hitting that top line again. It could actually come at the cost of Rantanen going down to the second line as its centerman, um, which I wouldn't like. But listen, I mean, Lekkinen has been on that top line uh, before. He's done very, very well with it before. Um, in my personal opinion that's a player that's vital to any success that the avalanche are going to have in the post season. I understand you've got the big dogs, but this isn't the same Colorado avalanche team that won the cup. You don't have that secondary scoring in, um, uh, in, in cadre. I mean, the defense, don't get me wrong. I really do like the defense. I think that it bodes pretty well for, for a playoff run, but you have gotten a little bit thin in the forward ranks up front. So, um, you know, Lekkanen coming back and being a big contributor in the playoffs. And he's always been clutch, right? Like he's been clutch ever since he arrived from Montreal. He was clutch for Montreal right. in the playoffs too. So, I mean, this is a guy when, when, when the chips are down, he, that's when he brings his best game. And I'm sure that that club is thrilled to be able to add a piece like that here uh, as they uh, make their march to, to, through the second half of the season. Uh, Lekkanen, you are my first beauty this week. Um, second one up, Nick Suzuki. I wanted to get him in this week, Marty, because this is one of the the right time. This is one of those unassuming players that, when you kind of go and look at his stats, you're like, "Holy shit, this guy's almost a point a game." So you know, 55 games played, 20 goals and 30, uh, 33 assists for 53 points. Minus 12, Montreal, enough said. Uh, He's playing 21-14 time on ice tonight too. So uh, he's getting a lot of deployment. He's got 16 points in his last 10 games, eight in his last five. One of the hottest players in the league. And in all reality, he's on one of the hottest lines in the league too with uh, Slavkovsky and Caulfield. Maybe the the goal scoring um, hasn't been as high for Caulfield. But what's nice about that is he's actually been rounding out his game a little bit and throwing a couple of apples in there. So uh, it's nice to see as a Montreal Canadiens fan, that the sole uh, focus of that power play isn't to get the puck to uh, Caulfield. Is he a big part of it? Yes, he is. But I am sure. really starting to feel that the main focus point of that, focal point of that offense is Suzuki. And it's just, his hockey IQ is off the charts, right? So, I mean, yeah. with things kind of running through the, through him and he's more of a distributor than anything. But boy, oh boy, has he ever started to tuck some uh, biscuits the last little while here, big time. So, um, you nice. know, Nick Suzuki, his prog, uh, prog- progressed every year uh, of his development. I mean, his his totals have gone uh, up and up every year. And for me, he is the proverbial heartbeat of that roster. Um, I mean, he's the captain, uh, and and the the thing, one of the big things for me is he's going to make that contract look like a bargain. I mean, he. I think this was his first year, or maybe it was last year, the first year of that eight-year contract. He's only making $7.875 million AV a year. So this is an under $8 million player, and I think you're going to get more than $8 million production out of him uh, over the course of that contract. So that's going to look good for sure. And, I mean, look, the guy plays uh, in all situations for the Habs. I mean, he's got, obviously, the five-on-five. Five. He's got P, uh, power play one, and he's on the second penalty killing unit too. So very, very involved in what the Habs do. Uh, from from whatever angle you're looking at and just indispensable to this team. Um look, I mean that trade Max Pacioretty going to Vegas looked pretty sweet right about now. So uh you can't complain with that whatsoever. Nick Suzuki, you are my second beauty this week. Uh next up, Calvin Picard. Uh Ironic. we're gonna go we, we are going to go with the backup Stuart Skinner. And listen, I didn't write much down for him here and, and the reason for it is he's just getting the job done simply in the position that he's been put in he's been getting it done he's got a 3-0 and record a 2.01 goals against average um and a 926 save percentage over his last three starts uh he's allowing knoblock to give skinner a little bit of rest because we got to keep in mind here skinner's never really been this like 60 60 game guy 65 game guy so you kind of want to ease him into that a little bit right like if you can get him into the 55 maybe 56 57 games. You know, spell about eight or nine games off of that form. Keep them nice and fresh for the playoffs. Uh, that, that's what you're looking for. And with the way Picard has been playing, he's certainly offering Knobloch and and, and that team uh, the opportunity to give uh, Skinner a little bit of rest uh, moving forward. And as they make their way through the right. second half of the season here. Um, and again, like I said, Marty, with that type of an offense out there in Edmonton, it's not like you need Calvin Picard to be the second coming of Dominic Ashik, right? Like this guy just needs to come in there, needs to make a couple of big saves. And, you know, usually, usually that offense will take care of the rest. So he's been getting that done. He's been doing that. It's a, and you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about, um, uh, Campbell and how, how well he's been playing in the minors. You know what? You keep him down in the minors. You're saving. uh, I think it's 1.5 million or saving on that contract by burying that in the AHL. You know, you got Picard on a much better uh, um, uh, cost-effective contract. And he's he's getting the job done for you, Marty. So to me, there's no point in in playing around with this Jack Campbell thing. Listen, things have been going well. Knobloch's come in there. Team's been playing well. 16-game win streak, the whole nine yards. I know things have been a little bit up and down lately, but at the end of the day, I think things have settled down a a little bit in regards to the net. I know there's still questions. I know people are still going to question that team and, and what they have in goal. But, at the end of the day, these guys are getting it done for you uh, um on the overall all- se- uh, you know overall season speaking um and and I just don't see there any need to uh uh to upset that apple cart Calvin Picard, you are my third beauty this week um, <laughs> my beast uh it's one of my own guys um, I, this was before but, last night I'm assuming <laughs> it was before the goal. <laughs> Uh, listen, I'm happy about what Devin Tays did for me on Sunday, February 18th.
1: There you great, go. Yeah, great, job. great job.
0: Great <laughs> job. Happy with that. That being said, um, whenever I picked up Devin Tays at the start of the year, you certainly were hoping for uh, what you've come used to, which is basically a 50-point season. Um, in our league, it probably adds a little bit more when you, when it comes to goals uh, scored by a defenseman. Um but I'll tell you what I'm a little disappointed in the in the um uh production this year. Uh looking at 55 games played, 9 goals, 21 assists for 30 points. Uh he's a plus 12 playing 23 53, 53 time on ice. So, you know, he's getting a lot of deployment, he's playing a lot of minutes. Uh the points like he hasn't cratered or anything like that. Um but right. You just you, you become he's he's certainly not on pace for what he's put up the last couple of years. I think he had like 57 points a couple of years ago and 50 last year. Um, of course, again, that changes a little bit with our, our scoring system in our league. Um, you know, he's got three points in his last 10. He's got one point in his last five. Uh, he has been bumped down, and I and I think this is where a big part of that is. He's been bumped down to the team's second power play unit, uh, mainly because Drouin, uh coming to the team, and he's basically taken a spot on the first power play unit. Uh, which basically has bumped pays down to the second unit, so I do feel like his totals have been hurt a little bit in regards to that um but that being said, if you go off of his pace this year and again the last two years, there is a bit of a steady decline, so certainly something to think about um you know w- w- maybe not so much in one year leagues or uh daily fantasy, you know nice to to have a guy maybe you can bring in and out of the lineup, so to speak from from free agency um right but if this is a guy that you, you know, you have on the team, he's kind of a, a protected player, if you will, or, or whatnot, uh, or you're thinking about letting him go at year's end, you know, I, I can understand where that may come to pass. Um, you know, when you do have Makar there, who's basically taken any kind of crime deployment uh, in all reality, um, it, it does make things a little bit tough for Taze. But uh, suffice it to say, I was just expecting a little bit more when it came to uh, production this year. Again, hasn't cratered, but is not exactly at the pace that we've, uh, uh come to, uh, get used to, uh, so Taze, you are my beast for this week. And there you have it. Not bad. I, that, that, that would be episode 21. 21, oui, 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 monsieur. In, in the books. Uh, as usual, um, where you, uh, where you go to listen to your podcast, please give us a rate and review. We would certainly Thank appreciate you. it. And of course, uh, as usual, um uh, program bought to you by the hockey podcast network, THPN H-H-P-N. and of yeah. course our lovely sponsors, DraftKings. Thanks a lot. We Thank appreciate so it. Thanks, thanks for listening. For letting, thanks for letting us do the show. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at and guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com, or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.